It's not me, but it's the Word of God that'll change your life. Amen? It'll make a difference in you today. So if you got your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. The third chapter is where we're going to be today. With the leadership of God's help, we're going to be in God's Word right there today. I touched on this scripture back in August uh, in this chapter. And God has re-revelated my mind to go back. And the day and hour that we're living in, I've been uh, subjected to some things this week that broke my heart. And even as a man of God, when you think that you're walking with the Lord as a Christian and you're strong in faith, let me tell you what, the devil will be right there to throw a stumbling block in your way. You got to watch. Don't, don't always walk with your head up and think you ain't going to have no trouble because about that time is when the devil's going to show up. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. His Word will get you through. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word here in 2 Timothy, the third chapter. We'll break in at the first verse. This also know that in the last day perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous and boasters, proud blasphemers and disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, inconsistent fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What's that last part say? What's it say? That's pretty good instruction, ain't it? So let's read that whole verse again. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for such turn away. Now let's look at verse 11. Persecution and afflictions which come upon me in Antioch, Paul is talking here, and at Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord, what? He delivered me. And that's what He'll do for us. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and the Bible doesn't say things are going to get better and better. It's going to get worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now listen, all Scripture is given by interpretation of God and is profitable for what? For what? Yes, and for reproof and for what? For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Brother Greg Collins, will you ask the blessing? Yes, 
Thank you. You can be seated today. Today I want to preach a message with the Lord's help. And I brought this to show you. Time is running out. I want you to look at that today. This is your life. For those that can't see it, time is running out. As you can see, the sand is pouring out right now. This represents our life. When you were born, this started. And we've only got a certain amount of time to work for God. I'm telling you this morning, time is running out. We need to get busy doing the works of God and being what God would have us to be. Doing what He's called us to do. Every single one of us here this morning have a calling. I've told you for two years, we're all called to be disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's looking for a few men and women that'll step up for service and say, Yes, Lord, I'll do what you've called me to do. Time is running out. Paul is talking here. He's encouraging Timothy that these things are going to happen in the last days. Perilous times shall come. What does that mean? It means very hazardous, very dangerous times shall come. Just this week, I was hauling a, a, a load of, of uh, volleyball players, all ladies, and their uh, male coach, and we were taking them to a game, and we stopped at a uh, truck stop so they could get some things and rest for a minute. And uh, me and the coach had to walk the ladies from the bus to the facility back and forth because things were so sketchy between the two places that the ladies were feared for their own life. We are living in tough times right now where people will do anything for, for a fix, uh, for a dollar. It doesn't matter. People will do anything. And we find this in the Word of God because He tells us that perilous times shall come. Now, does that mean that God's power is getting weak and He's not on the throne? He's not making a way? He is making a way. But He wants us to be wise in all things. He wants us to watch and be careful everywhere we go. We need to be smart about this thing. About the time you let down your guard, the devil will be right there to step up to the plate and bring you harm. We need to know what thus saith the Word of God. Number one, we need to pray and we need to study in these last days. We need to know what God wants us to know so we can pre be prepared. You know, over in Ephesians, the Bible talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Why? So you can uh, quench the fiery darts that the devil will throw at you. Why? Because time's running out. We've got to get busy because the devil's at work every minute. Every time I try to lay down at night, I don't know about you guys, but the devil's right there just robbing and trying to steal my thoughts and mess my mind up, rob my sleep. I can remember a time this week, about 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep because the devil was just rampant in my mind, trying to bring every thought he could bring across my mind. You know what I done? I got up and started praying. I started asking God for for help. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Show me your word Lord. Show me what I need to know and God begin to speak to me. Over in Thessalonians 5.17 He tells us to pray without ceasing. Why do we need to do that? So when the devil shows up he ain't got no room to get in if you're praying. I'll tell you something other else you can't do. You can't be upset and pray at the same time. 
I said you can't be upset and pray at the same time. You can try that sometime if you want to. When you get real good and mad, just start trying to pray to the Lord. It will not mix. It's like oil and water. It will not go together. And, and so when the devil's trying to get you all upset and the husband's got you all upset and you're about to flare up and puff up real big and get real mad, that's the time to start praying right then and asking God to help you. Or the wife upsets you. That's the time to get away and go pray. And ask the Lord to help you. Be smarter than the devil. Because we've only got a certain amount of time, church, to work. God has sent me here to Vicar's Chapel and give me a certain amount of time to work. I'm praying he'll leave me here until he calls me out of this life. But even if he does that, I've only got a certain amount of time to work. I've only got a certain amount of time to win people to God. I've only got a certain amount of time to tell them that Jesus is coming again. You've only got a certain amount of time to tell people that Jesus is real in your life. Your clock's running. I wonder what you're going to do with the Lord. I'll tell you what you need to do if you're born again. You need to study and you need to pray. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. When our Sunday school teachers teaches a lesson and you need to get in the word of God and follow them, you need to follow after them, you need to go home and study. And when I preach or the preachers preach, you need to go home and look what they've preached. You need to study after that and grow in that. Just coming on Sunday morning, hearing the preacher preach, that's not enough. You need to study and pray. You need to study and pray. 1 Timothy 2.8, the Bible says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Amen. Lifting up holy hands. They ain't none of us holy, but I'm glad His Son's blood has made us holy. Amen. And I'm glad I can lift up a sacrifice of praise. Oh, I'm not going to lift my hands unless I really feel the Holy Spirit of God telling me to lift my hand. When you hear something that's the truth, I'd lift my hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you've blessed me. Lift up holy hands. If you've got that royal blood running through your veins, there ain't nothing wrong giving a good hand wave. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. That's what he wants, church. You know what to call that? A sacrifice of praise. Even when you don't even feel like it, just lift your hand. Say, thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. I promise you the Lord will bless you if you do that. Over in Matthew 26, 41, he says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Has that happened to you this week? Have you been put to the test this week? Has somebody put you to the test on the job? You need to watch and pray. You need to seek the Lord's will because about the time you let your guard down, like I said, temptation's going to show up. You need to be praying and studying the will of God for your life. Why? Because you only got a certain amount of time to get it done. Certain amount of time. Psalms 91, 15, the Bible says, He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him. And be with Him and honor Him. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. They've not been one thing that you went through that the Lord wasn't right there to get you through it. 
In the last month, I've had to deal with families and talk with people outside this church that's buried children, buried companions, and their homes are a wreck. They're falling apart. Wives are leaving. Husbands are leaving. You know, children are going bad. What are we going to do? I say, seek the Lord with your whole heart. That's the only thing you can do. All I can do is instill the Word of God in my daughter and teach her the ways of God and show her the love of God in my life. But she's coming to an age that it's going to be on her. She's going to have a certain amount of time to work for God. And what she does will matter. And she'll stand before God one day for the time that she was given. And I will too. Not for her, but for myself. I'm telling you, your clock's are running this morning. You may be here, you may be 60, 70, 80 years old. God's been good to you. God spared your life. He's given you a good long life. You could be here this morning, not older than 12, 15, 20 years old. Your clock may be about to run out. Uh, the funeral homes are full of every size of person in that funeral home. The graveyards are full of every size of person in the graveyards. Babies are dying right now. Old people are dying right now. Right at this very minute, whatever time it is right now, somebody's entered into eternity right now because their time has run out. I'm telling you, somebody's eternity could be today. Somebody sitting in this room today, your time could be just about out today. You tried to scare me, preacher. No, I'm trying to give you some reality. Your life is on a clock right now. It's like this sand running through this hourglass. It's running out. It's running out. Oh, well, that scares me to death. You ought to be scared. We need to lift up Jesus while we can. We're not here for us. We're here for Him. That's what we're here for, church. We need to lift Him up in these last days. That He'll be honored with our life. And that people see Him living in us. Amen. That's what He wants. Have we put him first this week? Or has he been second all week long? Has this whole week been about us? Or has it been about him? I think about that a lot every day. Lord, help me to put you first in my life. Lord, let me seek you first. Let me put everything in my life first before you. I want you to be first in that, Lord. Not all that I want to do. I want these things to be up here and you be in front. And let us follow you, Lord. Whatever I got going on, I want your will to be done first. In my life, my job, my, my family, whatever it is, I want the Lord first of all in everything. And that way God will be honored with my life. So church, we need to pray and we need to study the Word of God. Number two, preachers, we need to preach. Christians, we need to witness. We need to preach and witness to people. We need to tell them that Jesus is coming again. Paul told Timothy there, he said in Timothy uh, 4.2, he said, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And there's a lot to that. People love to be reproved, reproved, but they don't like to be rebuked. You can grow a church all day long as long as you're reproving people. Patting people on the back and telling them how good they're doing. Oh, you're doing a great job. Brother Aaron, you're doing wonderful. But if I had to rebuke him, he wouldn't be so happy. <laughs> he wouldn't be so happy if I had to rebuke him. The Bible talks about open rebuke is good for all that they may fear. That's not good to be rebuked before everybody. 
God has a standard of things that we go by, guidelines that we go by. And as children of God, we need to study this Word and know this Word. And therefore, we need to preach the Word. And if we're not preachers and we're Christians, we need to witness to what God has done. Did you witness anybody this week? Did you tell them anything good that was going on in your life for the Lord? Think about that. Did you tell anybody this week how good the Lord's been? Well, I didn't really have an opportunity. I hardly doubt that. I, I, I can't believe that you did not have at least one opportunity. Monday morning, you're getting up, you're going to work, and you got to stop the gas station because the wife said get gas on Sunday. You didn't stop and get it. And Monday morning, you're flying in early to get gas because you're about late for work, and you're running there, and there's a teller, and she's depressed. She's got a smile, I mean, a frown uh, big as I don't know what, and you walk in there, and you see her, and she says, how are you doing today? I'm late for work. I didn't get the gas. My wife didn't buy the gas. I got to get to work. Here's $10. I got to go. Why can't you stop? So I'm doing wonderful. I'm about late for work, but it's, it's good. God's good. He's going to take care of it. How are you doing today? It don't take just a minute to be friendly and to be a witness for God. There's nothing worse than going into a place and somebody just jump on you for no reason. They don't even know you, but they jump on you. What's that do for your witness? You can turn that around. You don't have to lash back. But the devil wants me to lash back, so I'm going to do it. And that's what we do. But God will say, give a smile, be a witness. And for some reason, we fight against that. I don't know why. I guess it's the sinful nature that we're in. He wants us in these last days. Why? Because time's running out. We need to be nice to some people. We need to have a smile on our face. We need to show the love of God. We need to make a difference because someday we'll stand before God and He'll say, you know what? I give you a certain amount of time to do things. What did you do with it? Well, I really didn't do much with it, Lord. I, don't, I, I, I guess I was a failure. And even in all your failures and all your mistakes, he'll look right at you because he sees his son's blood. <laughs> and that's all that's going to matter. Amen. Well, does it really matter if I do all these things? You better believe it does. Because each one of you are touching at least 10 lives. Y'all know that? You've touched 10 lives this week. And because of you, their lives are different. And if you wasn't in their life, they would be a big hole. So God has given us a certain amount of time to touch people's lives and to be a witness to them. And you can make a difference in people's lives right here in this church if you'll do it. But we're too busy just being like we are. Just, you know, I'll just sit down. I'll just let Brother Greg do it. You know, he does so good at it. You know, he, he can exhort the Spirit, and, you know, he, he's such an exhorter for people, and I'm just going to sit down and let him do it. He's good at it. Brother Greg, go ahead, you do it, brother. You shout it out. You run all over the church. That's really how I feel. You go ahead and do it. Ain't that how we are? Brother Greg, you shout for me. I don't feel like shouting. You shout. You're the one happy all the time. Sister Freda, you shout. You're the one who likes to shout all the time. You, I, I want to, but I'd rather have you do it. I'll just sit here and enjoy it. I ain't going to do nothing for you, but I, I want you to do it anyhow. Am I not telling the truth this morning? 
And while you're doing that, time's running out. While you're sitting there like that, waiting on somebody else, time is running out. You'll never get back what's running out right now. We only get one go around. I said we only get one go around. And it's over with. He said over in Daniel chapter 12, he said, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and forever. What's he saying there? If you'll be the witness that God has called you to be, you'll make a difference in your time and it'll change people's lives forever. You can make a difference in people's lives. Preachers, you can make a difference in people's lives. Why? Matthew 5, 14 says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and cannot be hid. If God has called you brothers to preach, you need to preach the Word of God. You need to exhort the Spirit. You need to praise the Lord. You need to lift your voice up and let people know who you are for Christ. As men of God, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Amen? You all ought to be shouting the loudest this morning. You all ought to be like a cheerleading team this morning. These people ought to be in a bind this morning because you three men. That you all have erupted this service so bad that they would say, I wish them preachers would sit down and be quiet for just a minute. Yeah, I'm getting on you this morning. That's the way it should be. We should be so excited for the Lord and what He's doing. Why? Because preachers, we only got a certain amount of time to work for God. And make a work and change people's lives. Mark 16, he says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what he says. That just doesn't mean preachers. You Christians need to go to the people that you're around and be that witness to them. Live a life that they would see God living in you. Amen? That's His will. James 5.20, he says, And let him know that that which converteth the sinner, listen, from the error of his ways, shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. You know what I'd like to do this morning? I'd like to hide a multitude of sin this morning. I'd love to see somebody come and get saved this morning so we can hide that multitude of sin. I don't want that sin to go up before the Lord and watch them stand before the Lord and the Lord say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. When I can stand here this morning, preach the Word of God, and tell you He can make a difference in your life while there's still time this morning. He can make a difference in your life. He sure made a difference in my life, and He wants to make a difference in your life. Number three. Church, we need to wake up. Not only we need to wake up, we need to stand up. In these last days, when Paul's talking to Timothy here, the devil has rocked us asleep. We've got complacent of the will of God and what he wants. And when I was a small child, I can barely remember, but I can remember even sitting on my mother's knee. And her holding me and rocking back and forth. I can somehow remember some of that. 
when I was a... Can anybody remember that when you was a little bitty child being caressed by your mother and her rocking you? There's nothing better. But I also remember how the devil's done that at times. He's got me complacent. He's got me unconcerned. He's got me so wrapped up in my problems, in my finances, in my job, and everything else going on in my life that I'd even forget to pray. I'd forget to study my Bible. I didn't want to come to church. I wanted to do things for me. I wanted to be all about me. And it was nothing but the devil rocking me to sleep. Wake up, church! You only got a certain amount of time to live for God and work for God. I'm telling you this morning, time is running out. We need to wake up. Romans 13, 11 and 12, listen. And that knowing that the time that now is at hand, it's time to wake up out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. We're closer home right now than we were when we started. I'm closer to heaven now than I've ever been. And I can't wait. I'm waiting for that that transformation any minute. I'm waiting for that change to take place. When He calls, I ain't going to have to wake up. I'm already watching and looking. I'm just listening for the sound. When He calls, I'm going to leave the ground and head to where He's at. While others slumber and sleep. The devil has rocked them in their sleep. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Brother Greg will do it. Brother Terry will do it. Somebody else will do it. Don't worry about it. Just let him rock you sleep. Next thing you know, you'll be plumb out. Time's still running, though. We're sleeping. The clock's still running. Someday soon... We'll wake up out of it and time will be up. It'll be too late. It'll be too late. I promise you if I could open up the pits of hell this morning, crack it open so you could hear what was going on there. They say, give me the time, I'll do it. I'll be the one, be the witness. Let me sit there under the invitation. I'll run to the altar. I'll shout the loudest. I'll lift my hands. They do that this morning. But God has... Put a lid to where we can't hear none of that. We can't see none of that. If you could see what's going on in the spiritual realm right now, right here in this church, it'd scare every one of us to death. The devil and his whole legion don't want this message out this morning. I have fought hell this week trying to get this message together. Because I said, Lord... (laughs) <laughs> they're having pastor appreciation Sunday and you want me to preach what <laughs> he said you preach it because time is running out I love you enough this morning to tell you time is running out we need to be about the father's business we need to wake up and stand up verse 12 in this chapter he said the night is far spent and the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in an hour as ye think not, so cometh the Son of Man. You can be young or you can be old, but when you come to that age of accountability, you better be ready. 
You better have the blood applied. Your time's running out and you'll stand before a holy God and give an account to Him. How do you know that for sure? I'm glad you asked this morning. I've got the scripture to prove it. Let's look at Hebrews 9, 27. I want you to turn over there. Hebrews 9, 27. You need to mark this in your Bible. Every single one of you, you need to mark this in your Bible. Hebrews 9, 27. How do you know it's running out? How do you know my times are coming? You're going to find out right now. Hebrews 9, 27 says, As it is appointed unto man once to die. It's an appointed. But after this, the judgment. It's once appointed unto a man to die. But after this, the judgment's coming. This is an appointment that has been set. When when the Lord went, and breathed in you the breath of life in your mother's womb, your clock started right then. When that holy breath entered your body, your biological clock started right then. And he said, I'm going to give you a certain amount of time to work. If you notice, the sand's almost gone since I've started it this morning. It's almost run out. It's almost over. Your time's almost up. If this was your life today, if your life depended upon what was in this hourglass right now, are you ready to meet the Lord? Is the devil standing and pecking on your hourglass trying to make it go faster? Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we'll live so reckless that the devil is trying to speed it up. Sometimes he's getting it and shaking it a little bit, trying to make it go faster. Because we'll live so reckless. I'm telling you, time is running out. You don't have all this left. This is all you got left. What are you going to do? If this was you today, what would you be doing right now? If you know this was it right now. I got good news for you this morning. In John 6, 44, the Bible says, No man cometh to me except the Father which sent him draw me. And I will raise him up at the last day. You can't be saved anytime you want to be saved. Listen to me this morning. If you don't get nothing out of this message, let me tell you this morning, you can't be saved anytime you want to be saved. You don't wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm going to church to get saved today. I'm going to live for God today. You can't do that. The Holy Spirit of God has to be striving with a man, drawing a man, drawing a woman, a boy or a girl to him before they can get born again. And he also said, my spirit will not always strive with a man. He's only going to knock a certain amount of time. And if you don't answer, he's gone. And it could be over with. You're running on God's time right now. But it's just about out. It's just about out. So I wonder today, you, you've heard what I said, we need to study and we need to pray. We need to preach and witness to people. We need to wake up and stand up for Christ in these last days. We need to be somebody for God. We need to make a difference. I know our lives are busy. I know we got a lot going on, but we can make a difference in this amount of time that we've been given. You have committed your whole life to other things. How about this last little bit? Let's do all we can do for God. Let's do everything we can do to make sure that when we get down to the end 
and it finally comes to an end, we can say, Lord, we've done all we could do with what we had here at the end. And then he'll say, well done, <laughs> thy good and faithful servant. Won't that be good? Amen. I don't know what that does for you all, but that's what I'm longing to hear. Amen. That's what I'm in this thing for. Because yep. I know that I only have a certain amount of time to work for God. So I wonder today as we all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.